I think there is um, a level of, of humility, mm-hmm. um, no matter how much you you think you know or or whatever, or where you're at in life, if you can just say, you know, I, I actually don't know everything, and I'm willing to learn, and I want to know more. And so when you come to somebody, it's really a question of, like, inquiry, because mm-hmm. you really want to listen and know, not a question of, I'm ready to, I have my answer ready to go, no matter yes. what you say, I'm not listening to that. And so when things come up, or even when we're just talking in general, it's just, you know, this kind of back and forth of, Oh, you know, here's where we're different. Um, oh, that's interesting. And some things I've really learned and, and learned to appreciate more. I mean, even when we pray, the consistency of their prayers before dinner, um, and even like even growing up in in my tradition, you know, when you say, you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, I was like, oh, why would you ever do that? But now, actually, I think that's probably a good thing to do because mm-hmm. we do pray to the Father through the Son by means of the Holy Spirit. And so to have that constant, just things like that are a constant reminder of, of what is good, solid theology mm-hmm. is actually helpful. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Justin Martz. Today, we're talking about Catholicism. And before we we dive in, I, I want to start by just saying this. Um, if, if you are listening, you're from a Catholic background, or you are a current practicing Catholic, uh, we love you. This is not uh, meant to be any kind of a, a dig at anybody or belief system. We're just talking about some of the differences uh, and, and really a lot of the cultural things that have developed in, in Catholicism over the years. And Justin, you have some background with this. So talk to us a little bit about your background with Catholicism and and your experience with uh, this group. Sure, sure. Uh, and by no means am I an expert, but um, I do have some experience, like you said. First of all, um, just through my education, you know, Catholicism tends to come up, you know, often, especially when in terms of church history. Mm-hmm. Um, and then family-wise, my wife, Rebecca, actually grew up in the Catholic Church um, in a in a tradition uh, uh, called City of the Lord, which is like a charismatic Catholic community, uh-huh. which is a little different. And then her parents are actually um, very practicing Catholics uh, and are wonderful people who love the Lord. And um, her dad, Ciso Messia, is a deacon mm-hmm. at Holy Cross uh, and uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, and her mom has actually a master's in Catholic theology, and she... She uh, works at um, Holy Cross in children's education. Okay, so real quick, what's so, Thanksgiving like when you when you so, all yes. get together and you're having uh, conversations? You guys talk a lot we, about this. We do. T- we talk some okay. uh, in a very like if, when I have conversations with her parents. It's very they. I respect them. They respect me, and we just have good conversations. Especially when things come up in the news or whatever, I'll ask them questions. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Hang and on, I, I want to pause there because I think that's really, really important. So you're saying you guys don't necessarily agree on everything, right? Yeah, uh, you guys have different views. Obviously, she's highly educated. You're highly educated, and and you guys don't see eye to eye on everything. Yet you're respectful, I, amazing of yes. each other. Tell we, us how we that do, works. We do have a... <laughs> this is really important in the culture, yes. the day that we live in, because for some reason, being disrespectful has become encouraged, applauded. It's completely okay in our society right yeah. now. So so talk about how you guys are respectful. Yeah. So I think there's um, a level of, of humility, mm-hmm. um, no matter how much you you think you know or or whatever, or where you're at in life, if you can just say, you know, I, I actually don't know everything and I'm willing to learn and I want to know more. And so when you come to somebody, it's really a question of like inquiry because mm-hmm. you really want to listen and know, not a question of I'm ready to I have my answer ready to go. No matter yes. what you say, I'm not listening to that. 
And so when things come up, or even when we're just talking in general, it's just, you know, this kind of back and forth of, oh, you know, here's where we're different. Um, oh, that's interesting. And some things I've really learned and, and learned to appreciate more. I mean, even when we pray, the consistency of their prayers before dinner, um, and even like even growing up in, in my tradition, you know, when you say, you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, I was like, oh, why would you ever do that? But now, actually, I think that's probably a good thing to do because mm-hmm. we do pray to the Father through the Son by means of the Holy Spirit. And so, to have that constant, just things like that are a constant reminder of, of what is good, solid theology mm-hmm. is actually helpful. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, then we have a family member, though, that loves to instigate, like, controversy. Yep. <laughs> so whenever he's around, he's always like, so what is the difference between this and this and this and this? And uh, he wants us to stir the pot and stuff. And now, do you, do you, Go ahead. Do you guys have a family group text? We do. Okay. Is he on that group text? Uh, he, t- much to his dismay. Yes. Okay. Does he ever throw out <laughs> yes. questions on the group text? Because that's always uh, interesting yes. to me when there's the controversial family member that uh-huh. likes to just get things stirred up to do that via text. Because it's yeah. really hard to have a, a nice, respectful, kind debate with a family on a group text. Yeah, but. Uh, not for a while, okay. but uh, definitely has happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he likes to anyway, stir the pot. Yeah. And then I think the final piece of uh, my experience with Catholicism is is here at, at Sun Valley, we're really involved in Alpha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rebecca and I have been doing that for years. And Alpha course spans the breadth of Christianity, mm-hmm. you know, the 40,000 Protestant denominations uh, and Catholicism. Uh-huh. And so that's been really cool and kind of helping me learn a lot. When you go to an Alpha conference, you hear from both Protestant leaders and Catholic leaders, and it's neat to see that unity. Yep. Uh, and oh, one more thing about Rebecca's dad, uh, CISO, he's been involved in the John 17 movement, uh, which is all about unity in the church. Yep. Um, so, so when they see Rebecca and I, even though they would prefer, you know, Rebecca to, to be Catholic, uh, they respect um, our involvement in ministry, our core belief in Jesus, and just um, kind of living the life mm-hmm. of of a Christian, because um, because that's what they try to do too. So yeah. that's... Over, over the years, I've spent a lot of time in Europe and parts of Europe that are very Catholic, and and specifically, I've spent a lot of time in Poland. And I remember going there the first time and thinking, like, okay, we need to convert all these Polish people and and everything. And I, I, somebody who was much smarter, much wiser, they, they said, okay, so here's, here's the goal. The goal is not to make somebody not Catholic. The mm-hmm. goal is to introduce them to Jesus and to invite them into real relationship with, with Jesus. So in Poland, Catholicism is really what freed them from communism. Mm-hmm. And, and it was through the work of the Pope and through the, the church, the Catholic church, that they were able to get out from under communism. And so to be Polish is to be Catholic. Yeah. That is a okay. key part of their heritage. That is a key part of their history. Uh, it, there is a high honor to the Catholic church. And so uh, when we spend time there, we're not saying, hey, you need to be outside of the Catholic church. For some of them, they will they are Catholic because grandma was Catholic, because great grandma was Catholic, because great great grandma was Catholic. And so our kids are going to be Catholic and they're kids. And we want them to just meet Jesus yeah, and, right. and understand relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's common. And it's also common, I think, even within like Protestant Christianity, where people go to church or they're part of, they say they're Christian or that's whatever right. because of their family. Mm-hmm. And, and even in my experience with like Rebecca's parents, um, they are, they, they love Jesus, 
you know, they're faithful. Um, you, you can really see it in them. Mm-hmm. But then kind of as that moves away, you have family members that, you know, say they are, but, you know, don't do the things that they should do. But in the, even with her parents, the things that they do that might be different than what we do mm-hmm. um, are very meaningful for That's them because right. it draws them close to, to Jesus. And so. And I would say what Jesus invites every individual. So anybody who's listening to this right now, every individual, Jesus invites you to a relationship mm-hmm. with him. He's not inviting you to heritage, to tradition. Uh, those are things that are part of our experience in, in human life, but he's inviting you to a real relationship with him. And and so I think that is true in the Protestant church or in the Catholic church. Some people would check the box of yep. I'm Christian by heritage or, you know, because again, grandma and great grandma, whatever, they they were Christian or, or by tradition um, or by maybe some practices. I do some of the Christian things yeah. and I, I pray before, you know, a meal or when I, I have a difficult thing that I'm facing, but Jesus is inviting us to so much more. Yeah, that's right. And, and even to your point about um, Poland, like in the earliest church, like we we tend to think like when Paul accepted uh, Jesus as the Messiah, that he converted to something totally different, but he was still Jewish, mm-hmm. right? And, and some of the earliest uh, Christian conflicts were between Jewish people that believe Jesus is the Messiah that were still Jewish and practicing Jewish by things, heritage, by tradition, everything. Yep. And then these Gentiles that now are also, and then they don't know how to like, you know, do church together, yeah, right? So they want them to do their things and they want them to not do that because it's weird. And so they had to have a, you know, Jerusalem council and all these things. So that was an ongoing debate of like, oh no, they weren't, we, we tend to think all these early uh, Jews converted to a new religion. Well, they accepted Jesus as the Messiah, That's right. but they didn't change like these things. It just became more meaningful to them. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of the New Testament, it's Paul going, hey guys, Here's how we're going to figure this out. Okay, don't eat food sacrificed to idols, and yeah. you guys be cool with them not being circumcised, and everybody just get along. All yeah, right? get, yeah, that's what Romans is all about, right? It's 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 kind of this idea where the core of what we believe needs to be the same. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's settle that, yep, and then let's kind of get along with with the other things. But let's make sure that that belief is is there and solid. All right, so two two things, and and these might take a, a chunk of time. One, I want us to get a little bit into the history of. Catholic Church, okay, and, and kind of where where did the Catholic Church come from? How did mm-hmm. it begin? Uh, and then I also want to talk about those core things that yeah. you mentioned, and what are the core things that would <clears throat> unite faiths, and and we would say, yeah, no, these are these are the most important of all the different things. So let's start with a little bit of church history. Yeah, okay. So I think um, from a from a Catholic perspective, they would say the Catholic Church started with, with the Peter. apostles. Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, Jesus, he. He gave authority to the apostles, um, specifically to Peter, to be the rock of the church. And then through that initial authority given, um, you know, the the creation of the church was formed and the authority structure was formed. And now the, you know, the popes are just kind of like a, a ongoing representation Passing of, of the baton of, from Peter. Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a real structure there. And, and so if, again, a Catholic church would say, oh, yeah, this, we go all the way back to the beginning. But mm-hmm. what we do know is that the earliest church uh, were house churches, it's like synagogues, they, mm-hmm. they were still living in community together. Again, just first mainly Jewish people that say, yeah, Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, and then they were, you know, in Acts, we see that they're just, you know, they're gathering together for teaching, prayer, communion, all these things. And then throughout, you know, centuries, um, as as the church started kind of forming, and then the Roman Empire kept changing, you know, Caesars and leaders. 
um, you have some leaders uh, that were for, you know, Jews and Christians, and then ones that weren't, and then you end up having, um, was it Constantine? Mm-hmm. He was like, okay, now I'm a Christian. He converts, supposedly. Yep. And then he's like, okay, now everyone's going to be Everybody's a Christian. Everybody's in. Yep. Right? And so you've got this really strong formation of a of, a, of church being more of this um, conversion experience thing um, with with the elements that were being formed already. And then you have a number of councils that started happening as questions started arising of what do we do with this or this? And so all that together started forming this more structurized. It became an institution. Yeah, institution. And it was very political yep. as well. It had great power, great influence. Before it was like, hey, all, all we have is the gospel. We have the truth of what Jesus did. There was a resurrection. He changed my life and he could change your life too. And we're yep. inviting you to it. And then it grew and yep. it grew and it grew and it grew. And then it gained power. And then there was kind of this shift that happened. And now you have people like Constantine saying, I'm going to leverage the power, not the love and the invitation to this relationship. I'm going to leverage power to, hey, be Christian or die. Like, here you go. Let's let's leverage that power. Um, But then you started having more, okay, there's an official uh, recognized papacy or there's a pope now who's now the leader. And then there was other things in addition to what we have in the Bible uh, things became just as important as the Bible, like whatever the Pope says. Yeah. So that was like an ongoing revelation, just like the Bible now is, okay, anything the Pope says. And then also church tradition yeah. uh, was was brought up to that same level. Yeah. So in that in that note, um, the the Catholic Church, had, their, their authority is, th- is three tier, three structs, three mm-hmm. th- pillars. Um, scripture is one of them. Mm-hmm. And then what they call magisterium. Uh, which includes the Pope, but what they the the definition they say is the teachings that came from Jesus that aren't in Scripture that are passed through the apostles, and then that comes through the Pope, but then also like the bishops and the and the leadership of the church in general. Mm-hmm. So the teachings of the church is all the magisterium, mm-hmm. which includes the Pope, but coming from the teachings of Jesus, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, and then tradition, like you said, so the tradition of the church and holding on to that throughout time, and so there's this there's this real sacredness of the the formation of that tradition. So when the Reformation happened, so talk about that. So now yeah. we fast forward, yeah. fast forward. So the for the longest time, then the, as this institution built, which that was um, what like 1500s, the, yep, became the Catholic Church, and Catholic just means universal. Mm-hmm. So we can still use the term Catholic Church, yep. meaning the big C universal That's church. Right. Um, so they were the church, like. That was it. Like, that's what was happening. Um, but a lot of people, you know, there was like a, a a level of, you know, royalty. And then there was a level of like church authority. And then there was everybody else that was really, you know. And there was a, season, there was a season where looking back on history, there there was corruption. Because mm-hmm. we are talking about humans. We are talking about people who are imperfect. That's and right. so there was this level of corruption that started to grow with power. And there there were things that, that are so outside of the realm of scripture, like indulgences, where, hey, as long as you give the church money, you can now go have your sin of choice and it's paid for. Yes. And, and it was like, okay, if I give you this, then I can go get away with doing this. That That is so far from what we find in scripture and the invitation that totally. Jesus gives. Yeah, and that's why Luther, um, when, when he's studying scripture, uh, again, like, it, it just even his own experience shows us that they were really in scripture, right? Mm-hmm. There was studying and and wanting to know it. And he was convicted of, you know, what is the gospel mm-hmm. um, centered on Jesus and, and faith alone there. 
um, he wanted to reform. Like he, I don't think his plan wasn't to like a, abandon the Catholic Church. He wanted to to renovate it and reform. Yeah, it. he didn't wake up and say, "I want to start a new thing." We'll call it Protestantism. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to protest. He was, he and was, now, yeah, because of what he did, he was removed from the Catholic Church. <laughs> yeah. So he, you know, it, it became a thing. Um, and so with. And one of his biggest things was this indulgences, mm-hmm. um, and so as as that movement happened, there was there was also other things happening in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Zwingli with his movement. Right. You had Anabaptists already forming. So it so wasn't the, just him alone that God was this doing something. Movement. Yeah, preparing the soil, yeah. doing some things behind the scene, and you, yeah, you see these these stories that then all kind of converge, and then you have things like the printing press, and you have things that allow yes. for the word to be in people's hands in a language they can understand, as opposed to, you know, some ancient Latin that people didn't really understand it. Now they actually had it in German yeah. and they had it in And in we moved the from languages. the, we moved from like the dark medieval time to like a Renaissance time mm-hmm. where we're learning and knowing and all these things became more um, easy, like you said, even more accessible to, to people. And, but through that Reformation period, we had the solas that, that came out from uh-huh. that. Which, which is sola means alone. Alone. And it was grace alone, faith alone, Christ alone, glory of God alone, and scripture, scripture. alone. It's yep. so really then scripture then is like the sole authority as opposed to the three pillars. Yep. Um, and then all those other things, Christ, faith, glory to God, um, grace is all just kind of a part of that, mm-hmm. right? So so that brings us to, and, and by the way, I do want to say this, there are, there are moments throughout history that lots of people have done lots of bad things in the name of Jesus, quote unquote, not actually what Jesus would have them do, but they claim that. And there's some dark history in in any faith background. And I don't want us to throw out the baby with the bathwater and go, well, there was indulgences. Uh, There are things in the Catholic Church that are absolutely beautiful, like some of the traditions and uh, some of the the practices that that are about devotion to God and having disciplines in our Mm -hmm. lives that allow us to connect with God. And and so I would say, be cautious to throw out the baby with the bathwater, that there's still good things in there, even though there's some some rough history moments. Talk about the core things. So you mentioned earlier, there's some core things yeah. that, that unite faiths in Christ, uh, regardless of denomination. Yeah. Okay. What, what are some of those core things? Sure. And I think I use this term with you, uh, sine qua non, which is a, a Latin term. Yep. There's going to be a um, quiz on that after this yeah, podcast. And so I, remember that. I try to get Chad to use it in this series, and that was a hard pass. <laughs> but, <laughs> but since I'm here, I get to use it. Uh, and that's just a term that means the core of something that makes it what it is, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, a table, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, or a shelf. Uh, um, but in religion, uh, it's what's the di- – like this series is like really what is that core uh, difference between Christianity, LDS or Mormonism, you know, Islam, like what are those main differences? Mm-hmm. So when you get to the center of of biblical Christianity and Catholicism, what you see is this 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 core belief is is the same. So you have one eternal God who's mm-hmm. existed forever in the form of a Trinity, Father, Son, and, and Spirit. Um, you have them, you know, the, the Trinity being the creator of the universe, um, the creator of hu- humanity. You have the second person of the Trinity taking on humanity to do something that humans couldn't accomplish and do on their own, and then dying as a sacrifice, rising from the dead, ascending to heaven, and um, you know, giving the opportunity of salvation through faith, right? So, like, if you say that's the core mm-hmm. of what Protestantism is and Catholicism is, that's 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 right there, mm-hmm. and and that's different than the other things that we've, we're talking about in the series, because that core is much different. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you start expanding, right, from that inner circle, yep. that's where you start getting these um, 
big differences that make you want to be like that's th- there's a reason that somebody says oh I'm I want to be Catholic or I want to be Protestant. Yep. Uh, if there was no difference, then you know it wouldn't be the same. Or within even within Protestantism, there's you know a range of um, church structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them, you know, if you go all the way to like a Calvinist structure, like, or you're, you're right there, mm-hmm. right? It's very similar yep. uh, in terms of like you of, of communion and things like that. Um, so, yeah. So think of it like almost like a dartboard mm-hmm. and you have the bullseye that, that would be the core, but then you have rings going out from that. Yeah. And, and there's, there's different <clears throat> levels of that things that maybe some traditions would say, these are really, really important. And other traditions would disagree and go, those yeah. aren't that important. And there might even be big differences. Now, um, there are some things that could be elevated in some faith practices that they would say, nope, this is actually a core thing. Uh, and and that wouldn't be uh, something. So when we talk about Catholicism, so, okay, no, the Pope or church tradition or whatever, these are core things. Yeah. Um, what, what would your response to that be? Uh, yeah, I would say that, you know, we... We talked about those three pillars, so that's mm-hmm. a, that's a difference, but, and that's core, right? So there, when, when when I, for instance, when I'm even talking to my to my mother in law, we have good conversations about scripture and theology. Um, I'll go to the text, and we'll talk about something, and then um, they'll, the, there's a time in a conversation typically where she'll say, "Okay, let me let me look at the catechism," mm-hmm. um, because that becomes an authority of. Of, of interpretation, which mm-hmm. is unified, which is which is good, but at the same time, the conversation's over uh, because that's going to be that's going to be it. You know? Yeah. So those types of things are really the again that that tradition and that magisterium and how they stay unified in that way is a is a big difference. Mm-hmm. And then even when you move further than that to um, to sacraments, there's a real difference in how we view and treat. Um, sacraments. So give us examples of sacraments. So you have things like communion or baptism. Yep. So within Protestant Christianity, you have two, sometimes three. Uh, Mennonites include feet washing, um, which we don't for good reasons. (laughs) But uh, the two that we have are baptism and communion, which Mm -hmm. are, which are the same, which are throughout Christianity, including Catholicism, are are sacraments. Um, but, But even within Christianity, right, you have those two being done differently or thought of a little differently, but um, no matter kind of the range you're on, they're usually more of a representation and a remembrance of, mm-hmm. of what has been done um, in you or, or what Christ has done um, for us. And so we do these things in remembrance. And um, so with Catholicism, um, they have seven sacraments uh, and I have them written down. Uh, so they have baptism, confirmation, Eucharist, Penance, which is also confession, anointing of the sick, holy orders, um, which is the authority given to some people to give sacraments like priests and deacons and matrimony. Um, so in number, they're different. And then even in significance, they're, they're different. They do say that um, sacraments are an outward sign of, of inner grace, mm-hmm. uh, but they're also a means to receive grace. So as you're living your life and, you know, we call it sanctification. Mm-hmm. These are things they do to you know, receive grace and be closer to, to Christ. And, um, but through these things, uh, like baptism, um, they do infant baptism, uh, and that's a removal of original sin and, an, and, and a in way to the, to the church, right? So we would say baptism is just um, uh, outward expression of an inward belief as an adult mm-hmm. to show what you believe. Because so that's, that's the example you would see in scripture and it's immersion 
Bap- yeah. Baptism means to dunk under. And yeah. so you, you see that. And so the church tradition, though, was, hey, what about you had a lot of, you know, infant mortality and you had a lot of. And so there was, OK, let's let's have these kids saved as babies, yeah. uh, quote unquote. And again, that was part of the tradition. Yeah. So that's kind of evolved into this over time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and again, these different um, councils and then even different things that have uh, been been put into practice, didn't all evolve at one time, even the mass. Mm-hmm. So Catholics do, so if you go to a Catholic church, it's a mass on a service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the mass is a representation. Which is how I always know when someone at Sun Valley is yeah. from a Catholic background, they'll say something like, the mass was great today. Yeah, or, or the homily was really uh-huh, good. Yep. <laughs> yes, yep. My wife still says that, and I love her, uh, but it's cute. Uh, so the, the mass is geared to be a representation of the sacrifice of Christ. So whatever is happening in mass is all pointed to this this moment where they receive Eucharist, which we call communion, but Mm -hmm. their Eucharist is different because there's this thing called transubstantiation. I believe it actually changes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they're taking um, certain texts very literal and the the bread and the wine become literally the body and blood of Christ as he's um, that re, he's sacrificing himself over and over again for us as our eternal priest and sacrifice to God. Not, not, it's a, they, they, they differentiate between a, his one-time bloody sacrifice that was efficient uh, and eternal and this what they call an unbloody sacrifice that continues on for us over and over again that we get to that they get to partake in um so yeah it's so it's a little different differences there. Yeah. yeah I want to go back to where we started and end on this you you talked about your family and your mother-in-law um and, and the importance of listening yeah and I I think that's if, if you have friends who are from a Catholic tradition you're from a Catholic tradition um the the goal is not to, to get into a debate over these things that I, I think the goal is to love people and to mm-hmm. represent Jesus and represent uh, what what the Bible teaches us well in those relationships and and to be willing to invite somebody hey come join me come be a part of this uh, thing and you know come join me for mass at Sun Valley you know yeah, <laughs> that's right. yeah. uh, and 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 let people hear the gospel and yeah. and be open to to receiving that. But the way to do that is not to argue and debate, but it's it really is through listening. Yeah. And, uh, just two things on that. One, um, the family member that I told you earlier like, that likes to like, you know, instigate. Um, fairly recently, he we were at a dinner and he said, so what is the difference between, you know, Catholic and Protestant? And, and my mother-in-law answered and she said, the building you go to, mm. um, which I think was really minimalistic, but mm-hmm. at the same time, very, um, because of our relationship and I think what we're all learning, uh, she that was a, that was a great answer, and I think it kind of shut him up, which was which was nice. Uh, secondly, um, uh, in the last Alpha conference we went to, uh, they showed this video of a um, a mega church Protestant pastor who is really good friends with a with a Catholic priest uh, whose parish is just like a mile or two away, mm-hmm. uh, and they've been friends for like fifteen years. Uh, and what they were sharing was this kind of reflection of what you were talking about because of their their friendship and their listening to each other and and, and learning and growing. Um, not only do they have this really strong like mutual respect, but they've also you know each grown closer to Christ through what mm-hmm. they've learned from the other and. And the priest shared the story and he said, you know, I, I, I had all these people that grew up in my parish that ended up at this mega, this church. Uh, and they're saying, you know, I was, you know, I, I, I heard the gospel and I was saved and now they're involved. And he's like, wait, you know, geez, that was here too. But then he went and visited um, the church 
And what he saw was that the gospel was being presented clearly mm-hmm. um, every week, right? And um, in a way that was understandable. Mm-hmm. So um, what he did was he adopted that more into to his mass mm-hmm. um, because he, even though for him, he's sharing Christ, it, it was in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of a good example of, of, of what you're talking about. That's great. Justin, thanks for taking time. Uh, we went a little bit long today, but I think this was uh, great and helps us just continue to process, you know, there, there are some differences, but also how do we, how do we love people well yeah. uh, from all, all different faith backgrounds? So thank you for taking time and, and sharing your experience and, and insights. Really thanks. appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Robert. Glad to be here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.